Hello, citizens of Brinoha. Welcome in to the podcast, the Brokage's anime podcast with your hosts, your boy, Luke. Uh, I hated that. We could uh, wish we could start over, but we won't. <laughs> and- we don't have that power, actually. This is etched in vinyl, so it's uh, it's all for history to hear now. <laughs> and uh, Fetus Monster, a.k.a. George. Every time. It's get creative with your insults, Luke. Come on. Why would I mix it up? This is just your name. It's, it's, it's just I'm synonymous with it now. Good. Well, hello, everyone. Nice to hear from you. And by hear from you, I mean I can't hear you at all because you're the audience. But Luke, it's nice to hear from you. How have you been? I've been good. I've been good. Thanks for asking. I uh, have COVID actively. So good thing that we do this over the internet. Uh, <laughs> so I feel like this is just a theme on our podcast is Luke's sick, George is full of joy. Uh, and we give you great anime content. Yeah, so I actually, I have beef, I have beef already over this. I have beef already over this. Because I once got a minor cold the last time we were hanging out. And Luke couldn't even be in the same room as me. He's like leaning away at dinner. He's complaining incessantly about how I'm going to get him sick. Which I did not. And then what? him just inevitably getting COVID every three to five weeks on his own on his own volition and then I know he's going to somehow find a way to blame me and call me a fetus monster and it's going to be very sad and hurtful to be so you know I think Luke maybe you should invest in a mirror since you know stocks are down it's not worth putting some money into there but you should invest in a mirror because I think it would you'd get some good return on investment by looking yourself in the eye well, first of all, I love that you think that I have enough money to invest in things. That's that's a huge win for me. Um, and secondly, we hung out. You were sick. I was not. Cut to I'm sick. <laughs> Ergo, you got me sick. That's all the evidence we need. That's, I mean, the, the time frame is not technically wrong. So, <laughs> Cut to Luke is sick. Um, anyway, so George, why don't you give us a little preview of, as to what we're going to talk about in this episode? Yeah, well, so in the meantime, Luke, uh, what you've told me you've been doing is finally getting around to another masterful show, pro- potentially classic show that I said masterful, not masterpiece. They're different yeah, words. I mean, I'm going to need you to uh, quickly bring up a dictionary if you're confused. But um, uh, the masterful show that you finally, you know, you know, got around to that I've been begging you, Luke, begging you to watch Assassination Classroom. So, Luke, uh, why don't you tell the people a little bit about it? And, uh, you know, are you liking it? What do you think so far? I don't think you're exactly done, but you're like most of the way there. Mm-hmm. I think I'm on like the last couple of episodes. It's like definitely you can see the end and I've actually slowed down my pace of watching it like a lot because I like don't want it to end. And I also know how it's going to end because it's like there's only one way it really can end. Um, And I just don't, I'm not ready for that emotionally, physically, um, spiritually even. Yeah, so for the people listening to the podcast and not seeing the video, so everyone but me, there's actually a solemn tear rolling down Luke's cheek as he tries to hold it together right now. It's uh, it's very sad and tragic, and uh, so you know if you if you feel bad for Luke, remember to like and subscribe, uh, and he'll be slightly happier. <laughs> it's true. I would I would be happy. Honestly, whenever George tells me that we have like a good week, it like makes my whole week. I get like so excited. Luke, we don't um, have bad weeks. Don't 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 tell the audience we have bad weeks. We don't have bad weeks. <laughs> it's true. It's true. All listeners, all the time. Exactly. I think we're at five billion. I'm not <laughs> sure. I haven't checked the numbers today, but I'm pretty sure in the last day we've gotten five billion listeners. Which thank you. Right. I mean, if you took all of our listeners and you put them on a scale, 
And then you took billions of ants and put them on a scale next to them. They billions might is a lot of ants. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's probably billions of ants. Come on. Oh, no, there's no way. <laughs> it's got to be billions. All right, billions of ants in terms of mass listens to this podcast. All right, Luke, I have a would you rather. Okay. Would you rather look like Aaron in Attack on Titan or look like a billion ants all formed into one single person? <laughs> I'm an ant person. You're an ant or, person. Well, I mean, obviously, Aaron. Aaron looks swag as hell in, in Attack on Titan. He looks like like when he takes off off his jacket and throws it on. No, no, no. You're centipede monster, Aaron. You're 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 post rumbling, Aaron. No, no, no. You did not specify. I did, I did, I did, I did. It's always what we man meet, Aaron. That's who I am. And no, no. Who... All right, but if it had to be between centipede monster, Aaron, and ant man, <laughs> not I mean, ant man. What? You'll I'd be, be the ant person for sure. Yeah, no question. And not just because Paul Rudd is handsome and charming, but because I think, you know, it'd probably be pretty useful. Like somebody tries to shoot you. Oh, well, I'm still a billion ants. <laughs> That's fair. I, I haven't, I hadn't considered the, uh, the advantages of being an ant person, but um, so we got a bit off topic, probably Luke's fault. <laughs> has to be Luke's fault. Uh, but why don't you tell us a bit about Assassination Classroom? I'm still kind of stuck on being a million, a billion ants. That seems like a like a win all around. But anyway, um, so Assassination Classroom. It's a really good show. After George really uh, made himself a martyr there, talking about how bad he's been begging me to watch it. He is not, by the way. Me? I just like especially not in the ad campaign. I've never once painted myself out to be the hero of the story. <laughs> never once. Never once. You were just so humble, always putting others first. Uh, but anyway, Assassination Classroom. It's a great show. It's a slice of life anime, so like not like the typical showing that I like usually watch, um, but still a very good show. Uh, the premise is like I, I'm not spoiling anything by telling you this because um, it's literally the first episode. There's well, like this spoiler for the first episode. Wow, yeah. unbelievable! Really Luke once again. Um, but anyway, it's so there's this super creature who's like this like yellow octopus um, who's like just invincible. Like he can move at Mach 20 and like bullets can't harm him like nothing like normal that like uh, we have the technology like military technology for can like harm him at all and he chooses to be the teacher of this uh like end class is what they call it so they're like the bottom class of this like elite middle school right um so he is like the decides to be the pragmatic teacher of this middle school and motivates them with the carrot of uh, his assassination bounty. So the governments of the world all want him to be all want him to die because he's promised basically to kill the world or to destroy the world uh, next year, like after this school year, basically. So there's this $10 billion bounty on him. And uh, he's like, you guys have to assassinate me sometime throughout this year. But in the meantime, I'm going to teach the hell out of you. And he teaches the fuck out of these kids let me tell you oh they get taught they get taught um and it's just like a pretty charming like you know show about adolescence and like the kids growing um as from like the end class you know the worst of the school to like become kind of the best of the school and it, it's a beautiful show anyway go ahead george yeah so it's i think exactly what you said right and it's it's a really wild and interesting show in the sense where like the show starts and right you know, Koro Sensei is his name, which I think is like Japanese for like octopus because he kind of looks like this yellow octopus. He like shows up by like destroying half the moon, arriving, and it's like, I'm going to destroy everyone. 
uh, except I'm going to teach this class and the kids have to try to kill me. And you're sitting there like, yeah, this is an anime. Like, this is all the way anime. From not anime to anime, all the way anime. Not a doubt. And you're like, this is going to be a weird show. It's going to be a weird show. And then... By episode five, it's like kind of a normal slice of life somehow, and everyone's like, I mean, this is very enjoyable, but I don't know how they're making this seem remotely normal. It is all the way out there, um, and like, you know, it's a great show with like just wild, wild premises that, you know, is somehow written well enough that it's grounded in reality, and not reality, but, you know, in its own reality, I think, very impressively. Yeah, yeah, and also like, you know, they... Like the way that they make the show is like, it's actually very positive and uplifting throughout. Like it's very like lighthearted, despite the fact that the entire premise is like, we're trying to kill our teacher. Um, and honestly, for me from the start, it didn't make like a ton of sense. Like why he's saying he's going to destroy the world because like at the, since the very beginning, he's like the perfect teacher, right? He's like caring. He like looks out for the kids. He's like doing his best to like reach them on an individual level. Yeah, he's like, like he's like flying them to baseball games and is not like US Yankee games at his Mach 20 speed to teach the the pitcher in his class how to pitch better so we can make the baseball team like in his free time. It's it's all like what's going on here, Koro Sensei? Yeah, yeah. And it, but like, you know, the the whole premise is that he's supposed to be this evil super being that wants to destroy the world. Um, so I don't know, maybe we'll, maybe this is our conversation about it. I don't want to spoil too much about the show. Um, but like, it's really like, it's longer than I thought it would be. It's like two, like 20 something episode seasons. Yeah. Um, and for most of the, the show, it's really just like a slice of life of these kids in school with their teacher and the competitions that they have with the other classes in the school and the principal's out to get them. And then obviously they're trying to assassinate this this invincible teacher the whole time. So the plots that they come up with to do that, how Cora Sensei gets out of the plots. And uh, it, it's really, I mean, it's a show about this assassination, but really it's a show about the the growth of the students in his class and uh, what like the ideal teacher is, which is Cora Sensei, at least from what I've seen so far. Um, and there's only really one, eight, one way that it can, like, I'm just, I'm prepared to be devastated by it, so. Yeah. So I think you cut out there for a little second, but what he said is that there's only one way it can end. Welcome back, Goat Kages. Thank you for your 14 cents. Um, so, so now that we've kind of talked about some assassination classroom, I think kind of a show that it did remind me about kind of this weird, almost hyper-intense classroom that's combative in some ways, I think we can say, is, uh, you know, Luke and I, we've discussed before watching this show called Classroom of the Elite. So, Classroom of the Elite is another similar show where they're in like this like elite. I assume it's a this one's a high school though. Classroom of the Elite, right? Yeah, I think it's a high that's school. That's actually right? classroom technically. Um, it's middle school. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they're all trying to get into high school. Classroom yes. of the Elite, um, but in, or in an assassination classroom. But Classroom of the Elite is at a high school, and uh, it's another like elite uh, prep school for like the best of the best in Japan. Um, and it's about like the, again, the bottom class, the, the D class, um, but it doesn't have like the twist of like the assassination with the Koro Sensei, who's like this invincible instructor. Uh, it's just like the drama that ensues while the bottom class, the D class tries to rise in rankings. Um, and like everything in this school is tied to like your ranking basically. So like the amount of money that you have to spend, the uh, social status that you have, and then also like the uh, like 
I don't know, like respect and like uh, college prospects that you have after high school. So it's about like the, the journey of these characters trying to get like, you know, from the D class. So they're all like heavily flawed in their own way, but still like exceptional in their own way. Cause they got into this high school to begin with, but trying to get themselves up to uh, the top class. And it's just like very well done and very dramatic. Um, and there's like a lot of like, I don't know, like mystery and thriller and uh, high, like, it, it's just like, well done. I don't know. I'm doing a terrible job, George. You want to hop on here? Yeah. So it's, um, it's, it's the show that, uh, so, you know, all the things that Luke said were, were also true. And I think a lot of the things that apply to Assassination Classroom also apply to, you know, Classroom of the Elite in the same way. I didn't even think about it before, but all of them are labeled alphabetically and they start as the lowest alphabetical letter, right? But they're very similar, too, in the sense where, like, the show juggles these, like, first of all, like, quirky characters, like, very quirky characters that are all kind of competing in their own way um, and, you know, all very idiosyncratic, but you know fun and enjoyable in their own right but also and then you know juxta you know they're you know in juxtaposition with this just like these like crazy situations that the school um or their teachers are making them go through right so in the same in some way actually that i hadn't thought about it until you kind of started describing both the shows back to back they're you know they are pretty similar i mean obviously the the uh the well, you know one you know classroom the elite the elite doesn't have a octopus you know alien you know ticking time bomb teacher but you know semantics yeah i mean i i think despite the fact that like classroom the elite and assassination classroom are like similar but classroom the elite maybe sounds more boring without the invincible octopus monster uh i actually think that i enjoyed uh classroom the elite a bit more than assassination classroom yeah. uh okay let's let's not be hurt i know well no i liked them both like a lot but like classroom of the elite like it left me like wanting to watch the next episode like needing to see what happens whereas i felt like assassination classroom was more of just like a comfortable watch like it was rare that i was like oh like i need to find out what happens next episode it was more of just like a fun hangout with uh this like happy classroom i guess so um despite the flaws in classroom of the elite which is like pretty heavy fan service of like yeah. you know 14 year olds so it's like you know it's a tough recommendation because there's those parts in it but like it's also like a pretty fun and entertaining show yeah and like the end of season one has this crazy twist right where like what as whereas you know assassination class assassination classroom is over classroom of the elite actually you know had a season forever ago and is now coming back for season two in july of this year 2022 i'm saying 2022 because you know this podcast in its own ways will be timeless and everyone will clearly listen to it um you know the next five billion people i assume will get there so uh you know we'll get there and you know so t july 2022 season two will come out and then it actually already announced its own season three as well so clearly like people want it and it's popular um and so season three will come out in 2020 july i think 2023 uh but the reason why we can't say that much to you know classmate of the elite yet is also like one it's very much not complete and two it's left a lot of mysteries and meat on the bone and i think even you know you and me have a lot of questions and haven't really figured out one what the show is going for even uh, into kind of what the complete story even is, let alone its conclusion, right? Totally, well, yeah. I mean, I think that they've done a really good job of building that mystery and like me, like making you want to find out the answers. But 
Uh, this is like a common thing for shows like both animated and with the curse of third dimension where like sometimes shows are the most fun when you don't have the answers and then when you get the answers you're like oh okay so classroom of the elite is still like in that like most fun don't have the answers like there's all this stuff happening and like we're trying to figure out why stage um and right now i've like really enjoyed it but uh definitely hard to give like a final grade um given that it only has one season and like a lot of ground to cover Oh yeah, this will be fun actually since, you know, you said final grade, uh, you know, because we're doing kind of classroom focused shows. Why don't you give uh, a little report card to both in terms of like, you know, do they get A pluses or are they kind of F minus types of shows? Ah, Teacher George. All right. This kind oh, of I'm not a class, so I'm kind of an expert in the, on the whole thing. Yeah, you're kind of the Koro sensei of uh, your university, which I don't know if we've ever said on the podcast before. Um, <laughs> <laughs> is that George? difference <laughs> so um yeah i think that you know i haven't finished either show obviously but i would give classroom of the elite like an a minus for what i've seen so far um docking it mainly for like kind of the uh telling people that you're watching this show ability of it um and classroom of the elite i would just give or assassination classroom excuse me i would just give an a um, it's not an A plus because there are points of the show where I'm like, you know, like I'm like watching it, but like, I don't like need to be watching yeah. this next episode. Yeah. Um, but it's like definitely an enjoyable show. Uh, I think that they do a good job and I think that the ending is going to like really wrap things together. At least that's the, the feeling that I'm getting. Um, but we'll see. So, you know, maybe the ending will dock both of those shows, but so far I like them both a lot. What about you? Hmm. I think I probably agree. I might knock, um, uh, yeah, I think that's, I, I, you know, I'll be a little more, a little, you know, I'll go full teacher on you. I'd give uh, Assassination Classroom an A, and I'd give uh, Classroom of the Elite and uh, an incomplete Luke. Yeah, how do you feel like that? Because, yeah, yeah. I, uh, that's how I feel about that. Save the question. Yeah, you see, if with my big, smart teacher brain, I was able to uh, properly answer the question. But speaking of teachers, I think we can now move to the final segment of our show, which is, you know, Assassination Classroom and Koro Sensei kind of gave us the thought that it might be fun to talk a little bit about the top senseis or teachers or mentors of anime, or at least five of our favorites. Well, you uh, got to so sell it more than that. Come on. We are going to talk about the top five senseis in anime, the official list from George and Luke. And also we came up with different lists, so it's going to be a debate. And George is going to get wrecked. Oh, yes, I'm sure I will. Yeah, I'm quaking in my boots. If the, for the audience that can't see, I am not quaking in my boots. <laughs> <laughs> my, my legs are, are stagnant. It is weird that you have your camera square in your legs, but, you know, whatever. It's an audio medium. Uh, I've been trying to send you some messages, Luke. Uh, but, you know, I guess you only see me as a fetus monster now, so it's fine. Well, I wish I saw you as five billion ants, but whatever, let's just dive right in. <laughs> okay, so I think I think this will be a fun way to start. We'll not actually be starting at five or one, but since we've spoken so much of Assassination Classroom, why don't we start with where we have Koro Sensei for, in each of our lists? That is a good idea, actually. I like yeah, that. I mean, I mean, of I came out of my mouth, Luke. They're all they're all gems. You're all shiny, sparkling gems, and pirates fight over all of my ideas. So how dare you for even suggesting otherwise? The audience and George can't see my face right now because I have my camera off to conserve internet. And, uh, <laughs> Serve internet as if it's like like food that's being rationed. 
it's a limited resource in my apartment, George. We are not all coastal elites like you. I um, live in the Midwest. <laughs> the, yeah, the central. You Midwest. live on the coast and are moving somewhere else on the coast. I am a humble man from the center of the country, and you are a coastal elite. Let's not change the narrative. <sighs> the narrative is a lie. So I just want to say that was like legitimately like I was impressed. I was like, wow, George, great idea. Um, so let's go ahead and dive in. Uh, Koro Sensei is my number one right now. And there might be there might be some recency bias in this, but the way that I tried to kind of do my list was like, who do I think is actually the best teacher first? Like that's that was my first criteria. And then my second criteria was like, who do I like the most as a character? Um, because I think there's two that's two different lists, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But mine, I tried to be like teacher first and then second, like second, like interesting character who happens to be a teacher. Yeah. Does that make sense? That's fair. Um, so that was actually my, my, you know, my, the way I developed it as well, which I actually told you while you were developing your list. So when you say your criteria, Luke, what you mean is what you stole from me. You literally didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was my idea. How dare you? No, you know it wasn't. I, mean, I we have this argument on the podcast, but no, it wasn't. Oh, right. don't even start with me. He's uh, number two. He's number two. Okay, so I mean, he's like very high for both of us. Um, do you want to talk about why you ranked him so high, and then I can tell you why you're wrong to have him below one person? Well, so I, it'll be hard for me not to explain why to without getting to person one why they were higher. But the reason okay. why Koro Sensei is number two is because like as we talked about i think he's a teacher that goes up and beyond you know what most any human being would do for anyone ever uh he's incredibly effective on teaching and teaching his students whatever kind of they're deficient at uh he's you know you know he, there, there were a, a group of cast-offs that he not only kind of rebuilt the confidence of but helped kind of rebuild and then bridge the gap uh, of education that they lost from kind of all of their uh, the trauma that they had to deal with in their lives, and not only you know brought them back up to speed in this elite you know school, but actually ended up having them uh, being able to compete with the best of the best at that school. And in that way, um, he is exceptional. Yeah, I mean, I think that you said it exactly right, and um, also like in every way, he's exceptional. Like, imagine if like Superman was also like a super genius. And then just like had like infinite speed and could process like mentally like at 10 times the rate of a person, but dedicated their entire being to being a teacher. And yeah. then you have Koro Sensei, right? It's like, he is like the perfect teacher in yeah. my mind. That's why he was number one is because like he individually like teaches each one of his students to their strengths and weaknesses, as well as fostering community amongst them and helps them grow as like people, as students, um, and then as assassins as well, which is like kind of the the twist in the show. Um, but I, I couldn't really imagine a better teacher than Koro Sensei. Like, I feel like he's just like extremely giving and uh, yeah, dedicates like all of his being to being a teacher. And he has a lot to give, given that he's like super massively talented as the super being yeah. uh, weird octopus thing. So I'm excited to see who your number one is because like I, I think that's tough to beat. <laughs> my number one surprised even me, so. Okay, let's hear it. Uh, my, well, we won't go number one. Let's start five. Let's start five, you know. Go ahead. Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, oh. And then we'll we relitigate my one versus your one. But why don't you give me your number five? 
Well, well, you know, we gotta keep tension. The audience needs to listen to the end because that's where we put the same ad. We need our, you know, because you think we're gonna exit this podcast with fourteen cents? No, at least eighteen cents, Luke. At least eighteen. I am. I want a gumball. Oh, we are gonna be paying for your law school with this podcast, George. I know. I know. It's uh. It's you know. It's you know. I'm at least gonna be chewing some really stale gum. So that's all I have to say. Number five, Luke. Lay it on us. Okay, uh, so my number five is uh, a character from a show that you still haven't watched, despite me begging, begging you to watch it. Uh, it's uh, Askeladd from Vinland Saga, um, who actually starts off as our antagonist in this show. Um, I don't want to like give too much away, but pretty early on, uh, our main character, our hero, Torfinn, uh, his father is like this legendary warrior, and he gets killed by... Uh, Askeladd and like Askeladd using these dirty tricks right so then our main character then goes basically with this guy's crew with his entire goal in life to kill Askeladd Um, but throughout the show um, you see a surprising amount of growth from uh, Askeladd uh, our foil uh, to the point where he actually becomes like involved in kind of this world politics and conspiracy that's going on. And he becomes like, I don't know whether it's a hero or an anti-hero, but he becomes a bit of a protagonist himself. Um, And I think that he tries to actually teach Torfinn in a similar way to Assassination Classroom, but like in a darker way of like, you know, Torfinn's goal is to kill him. So he's trying to teach Torfinn lessons using his life as like the carrot on the end of the stick. Um, but it's a much darker show than Assassination Classroom. It's definitely like for adults. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it, it's a very interesting show, but Askeladd actually shows the most character growth and is probably the most interesting character in the show, despite being our antagonist uh, that our protagonists, like his whole life life's goal is to kill. Um, so not that I think he's the best teacher in the world, though I, d- I do think that he does like a surprisingly good job of teaching Torfinn. Uh, but I just thought he was a very, very interesting character, uh, which is why he ended up on my list, uh, beating out some other pretty good sen- sensei. So uh, that's my pitch for him. Interesting, interesting. You all, listen, that was so well described, Luke. First, you used the word foil. Very nice word. I, uh, you know, I had to get out of dictionary quickly. I was talking to me in game before, but uh, I, I'm going to have to get to villain sagas, kind of what I'm hearing from all that, for sure. You're going to have to. You really should. Um, well, maybe and, I should you know, catch COVID. It's a- <laughs> Yeah, you got to catch COVID. You got to come hang out with me, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I got all the bugs over here. Um, but you are Ant-Man, so. <laughs> yeah, I wish I was Ant-Man, honestly. But anyway, why don't you give us your number five? All right, so my number five surprised me. I, you know, I sat down, I looked at my list of animes, and I was like, who am I going to give, you know, the, the, the honor of gracing George's top five? You know, as a teacher, I kind of can see these things. And I landed on for number five, uh, Yorochi from Ble- from Bleach. Yorichi, Yorichi. Uh, yeah. So I, you know, I was doing my research as I do, a little clickety click click clack. And what I think one fact about her um, really kind of made her stand out beyond maybe of her other contemporaries, especially in the big three. And that is, we had many exceptional people in the show of Bleach. Many, you know. Uh, Prodigies is, I think, the right word. Um, like Byakuya, who you know was one of the best captains in all of Soul Society, um, and was able. But the reason why she is, you know, 
potentially the best is she was able to teach our main character, Ichigo, the Bankai, in three days, Luke. Three days. It took captains of the Soul Society over ten years when they were prodigies, and most of the Soul Reapers in that whole universe can never learn to do the Bankai. Ichigo, three days taught by her. It's wild. And not only that, you know, I think this bleach is way too big to cover uh, today or even try to describe. But, you know, she also taught not just another captain of the Soul Society, uh, but she ended up, you know, teaching a lot of the different characters, so many different things, and was, you know, uh, is a, you know, dominant, a dominant force in the show of Bleach. So I thought, you know, especially with that kind of, you know, feather in her cap, the Ichigo Bankai, I don't think. I thought that was a, a strong choice from, from Bleach, and I thought, uh, you know, that was hard to top in the big three. Yeah, I mean, not as good of a choice as mine, but, like, I hear what you're saying. And, well, you uh, did talk longer, so if you get points for that. Well, I mean, that's <laughs> why I talk so much on the pod. Is <laughs> Hoarding points. All right, Luke, give me your number four. Okay, uh, my number four is one that might be a little bit controversial. I don't know. We'll see where you put him. Uh, but it is the one, the only, Gojo Satatori. Uh, he is my number four best sensei. Um, and honestly, a big part of this is that second criteria for me. Like, I think he's like an okay teacher. Um, he cares about his students' like well-being, kind of. <laughs> but uh, mainly because he's so sick. He's like the sickest character in Jujutsu Kaisen, which is like one of the sickest shows that we have. So that's like the big reason why he's on there, just because he's like very swag and very like stylish and like very overpowered. Um, and I do think he's like an okay teacher as well. Like he taught Itadori like a lot about controlling cursed energy and things like that. Um, and obviously he taught Yuda who ended up being like a uh, special grade curse himself. But uh, my argument for why he's not higher is because I feel like in that world, like neither of them really were taught by Gojo to like reach their potential. Like, uh, I don't know, like, like Itadori was taught by, um, God, what's his name? Uh, overtime guy? Is that what you're talking about? By who? The overtime guy? No, 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 his, the year three student. Um, oh my God. Um, yeah, what's his name? Toto. Toto. He was taught by Toto, like, more than anybody else. Like, Toto taught him the most. Um, so, like, I don't think that Gojo's, like, got that great of teaching chops, like a Koro sensei would have, but he's just, like, a very swag character, so. I, I like the choice. Do you, do you think I have Gojo in my top five? I think you do, because it seemed like you did when we were talking before the pot. <laughs> you want to guess where I have him? Um, well, it's not two, one, or five, so I'm going to guess three. I mean, we'll get into it when I get to one, but he's my number one. He's your number one? He's my number one. That's absurd. Yeah. <laughs> that is a no. bad choice. No, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Luke. Why don't we just get into it? All right, fine. We'll just like... Well, be patient. Off. It's okay. We can scream at each other in a second. We can All right. Scream at each other All right. Give second. me your number four because this is like, this is crazy. My yeah. number four is Yami from Black Clover, which is a show I don't think you've seen. Uh, so... He is the captain of the Black Bulls. Uh, you should see it. I think you'd like it a lot. It's kind of Naruto-y in my opinion. Um, and so Yami is this kind of jacked, rude dude who ends up taking kind of the people who barely kind of make it into 
as a as a sorcerer in that this world um as a magician and you know they're always like these really odd ducks and he kind of he always tells them to surpass their limits basically that's like his theme and he's like you know he's always smoking and gambling all of his money away and he's taking on this like group of misfits but you know over the course of black clover what ends up happening is that all of these characters go from kind of you know you know not the not the greatest characters too you know very very strong and they start to compete with the best kind of teams in that universe so uh luke i think you were you were looking like you were you know begging to get in there and, and fight me for this well i i actually have nothing to say about him as a teacher because i haven't watched the show uh probably a strong choice i don't know <laughs> um i just want to say despite knowing that smoking is like the worst thing that you can do for you why does it look so cool I don't know. It does look it it's looks so, so cool. <laughs> I think we just all love fire and smoke and like how it just comes out of there. It's, it's yeah. nice, and they, they got like it's good. It's good. Uh, it's got good physicality to it. You know, it does. It does. And like I think also like just like the way it's been portrayed in media, like in Cowboy Bebop, for example, it was just like it's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> if it only gave you a little lot less lung cancer. Yeah, well, it gives you like every cancer. It's like literally like the worst thing you can do for you. And it gives you like heart disease. It like gives you like artery disease, like everything. It's bad. Lung disease, but like, you know, like, God damn it, is it cool? Yeah, don't smoke, kids. Yeah, yeah, seriously. If there's any kids, anybody, I don't care how old you are, don't smoke. But like, we can all agree. It's pretty fucking cool. It does look cool. I will I will give you that. Uh, hit me with Hit me with three. Um, but actually, seriously, don't smoke. Like, I don't want that to be uh, the message of the podcast. Smoke we, I think we hit definitely don't smoke very hard. And sorry, Big Tobacco, if you want to sponsor us, we will not take your money. Well, I, <laughs> okay, I guess we're... Right, I guess we're... <laughs> <laughs> number three, please! Okay, number three. Uh, so my number three is Izumi Curtis, um, who is uh, the teacher from uh, Full Metal Alchemist. Um, she's the one that like looks out for the boys and like lost like you know part of her like internal organs by also uh, trying to transmute a human. Uh, so like yeah, she is. I mean I don't really like have a ton to say. She's like very giving, dedicated. Taught them like everything that they really needed to know about uh, being men, and then also about um, being alchemists. So uh, I thought she was both a great teacher and a great person, and. Uh, I don't know. I don't really have like that much more to say about her. Um, I just think that she uh, kind of checked all of the the major boxes that you need for like a, an awesome sensei. So I, it's a good choice. I got nothing nothing to fight you on. Watchful Metal Alchemist Brotherhood should be the first anime you watch if you haven't. I don't know how you got to minute forty of this podcast if that is true, but you know I will beat that drum until there's a hole in it. So. Uh, my number three is again from a show that you haven't seen. So sorry, Luke. I don't. <laughs> but clearly, I don't want to have a conversation. I just want to tell things to you or at you. Uh, but this is Prince Despa from Ranking of Kings, uh, and so he's a really interesting character. He's always like re renowned as a great teacher, and he basically te takes our main character Boji, who is very very weak but very very quick and elusive, and he basically turns him into one of the strongest characters in the show. Wait, but Boji's that idiot baby, right? Correct. And he takes oh, that weak idiot. Why do we call him Boji instead of just George? Oh, all right. <laughs> and thank you for joining us on the Brokage's Pad podcast. Uh, this has been this has been a weeping George, and we'll see you next. Uh, so 
he ends up turning this George-like character into a George-like character uh, because he becomes the strongest uh, in the universe. So you see how I turned that around, much like Prince Despa turned around the life of Boji, because we, Luke, you can hear me punching into my hand to emphasize the great points I'm making. Um, but he, he, I mean, he changes Boji's life, and he... He, he does it in a way that specifically, much like Koro Sensei, uh, does it, you know, he tailors his lessons to the people around him. Um, and yeah, that's all I have to say on that. Uh, give me your number two, since you misplaced Koro Sensei somehow. Koro Sensei still seems like the number one to me. Um, but anyway, uh, he's the guy from Ranking of Kings sounds awesome. He sounds like a great teacher, so a strong choice for your number three. I mean, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you must have had a great teacher at some point. Um, anyway, so my number two was Kakashi Sensei, actually. So somebody who didn't even make your list. Um, yeah, uh, I think Kakashi met both criteria for me. I thought that he was a great teacher. Um, he taught Naruto, Sasuke. Um, he didn't really teach Sakura very much, but you know, the two that we cared about in that show, Naruto and Sasuke, uh, he taught them both like a tremendous amount um, about being good people and about being ninjas. Um, and then also, you know, jutsu and uh uh you know everything that they need to do to be successful ninjas uh, and then he also like consistently looked out for them and he was a very cool character he's like a very like uh cool sensei he's like kind of the the uh stereotype that we use to create your number one and then my number four gojo you know yeah, he's so, like beta gojo <laughs> he's like he's like a very but he's like the og gojo you know um he's like the template that like some might argue that uh jujutsu kaisen used when creating jo gojo uh so i i thought that he was a fair uh person to put on the list and hard to keep uh very low given how uh influential he was on the anime sensei world so I think this is where I'm going to first disagree that someone should be off your list. Um, yeah, and I, I originally, when I sent out this outline, he was on my top five, as you know. Uh, but a fact came up, Luke, that I remembered uh, about <laughs> Kakashi Sensei. Uh, and it has nothing to do with the things you said. But what did they say about Team 7 early, early in Naruto? Do you remember? Uh, this is a guess what I'm thinking question. So no, I cannot guess what you're thinking. Well, what they said, Luke, is that they thought Team 7 would certainly fail their test because Kakashi Sensei never accepted the pupils that were handed to him before Team 7. Because he had too high standards. But that's actually a pretty strong argument that he can't like work with the people that he has. Or just refused to, right? Well, we gave Koro Sensei, you know, all the props in the world for is being like, you know, helping these these people who were not exceptional become and like I, I kakashi sensei had his reasons no doubt it's like these other people didn't understand teamwork and you know not giving up on friends they would always abandon each other but that seems like something that kakashi should have been teaching people right. not excluding them from his 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 tutelage so to speak and i think like you know between that and you know he did teach sasuke a lot of things but you know i don't think he really ensured he walked down the right path uh it's it's it, i it would he, I mean, yeah, he tried and he failed. So, like, you know, do we give points for trying or do we give points for succeeding in teaching? That's, you know, Luke's more of a try guy. I'm more of a I prefer good teachers guy. Uh, but, you know, that's just me. That's just me. Again, um, once again, George hates Naruto. Just put it on your books. I am the pro Naruto uh, podcast host. So. Actually, based on how the Sasuke's path, you probably think Kakashi was the best teacher of all time. 
<laughs> well, he does. He did make my number two. So he's my second best teacher in anime. Um, I think those are all super fair points, honestly, uh, and tough to argue against. Uh, the one thing that I will say is like, I was kind of judging for him for while he was on our screens. Um, and while he was on our screens, he did teach, you know, team seven and did a very good job of it. So that'd be my, my one shot against, you know, what you're saying, but I, I think you're making strong arguments. So uh, maybe if we did a combined list, I'd have to drop him down or maybe off, but probably I'd fight for him at least for that fifth spot. No, nah, there's no way he'd be on. <laughs> <laughs> so number one is obviously Gojo. Number one, Gojo Sensei. Yeah, so make your argument for why he's above like the perfect teacher, who we both agreed is the perfect teacher, Koro Sensei. Yeah, Please. so let's 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 let let me let me lay down some facts on you, Luke. Some F A C T S facts. All right. <laughs> Fact the first. Our criteria included two things, which were ability of teaching and level of dopeness. Well, so my <laughs> criteria that I told you, but yeah, go ahead. And Koro Sensei, great teacher, but Gojo Sensei blows him out of the water in terms of dopeness. Like, I don't think either of us are going to, you're not going to fight that battle, I hope. I will not. I will not. But that's also our second criteria. Number one is who how good of a teacher they were. I mean, I get my second criteria. So maybe these yeah. are your criteria that are different and wrong, but go ahead. But so like he, he's maxed out those points, right? And so the question is like how close of good teacher can he get to Koro Sensei? That's like now the, the threshold we have to hit. And so first of all, let's talk about Gojo in the sense of his ability to see untapped potential. Uh, and reclaim students who are, you know, about to be like these. The students in N class E were had a lot of potential, but they were also in the best school in the nation, right? Um, like, eat uh, not Ichijo, Yuji, right? Was sentenced to die, uh, and Gojo was like, "No, wait, I think he has potential." And not only that, he was willing to stake his life on the fact that he could both teach him and get him to control his powers. So in terms of like put it, putting themselves on the line for their students, Gojo has... I would like to argue against that because I don't think he, he was actually staking his life on the fact that Itadori would be like a good and powerful Jujutsu sorcerer. I think he was staking everybody else's life on it because he was like, if he goes crazy, I'll kill you, I'll kill him. And if you guys try to kill him, I'll kill you all. Because he's like so invincible his life is never really in danger. Yeah, so you could say, like, you know, if, if he failed, they wouldn't actually be able to kill him. But he did agree that if, if Yuji failed, you know, it would be on his head and they would try to kill him. So, fine, like, whether that's an idle threat by the rest of the that universe because that's impossible, fair point. But he did at least stake a lot of himself on it. Second, point the second is it's the second time he's done this, right? With He did this with Yuta as well. Is what we found out later yeah. <laughs> in the JJK movie is that actually all of JJK was just a rerun of round one that went super well. So, you know, he's he's clearly really good at one, identifying identifying these people, but also, like, let's be real. Like, there are, the, the, there are not many people who can use these cursed spirits, and especially, like, there are six of the special grade sorcerers in that world. He is one of them. He has taught one of them. He is going to teach someone who's going to be the seventh or eighth with Yuji and Megumi. So, like, he is teaching people up to, like, become exceptional easily. All the people he is teaching, you know, and so I know you're going to argue with me that Toto did more of the teaching to Yuji. But 
like Gojo did a lot of good. Like he brought Yuji. Like remember that Yuji showed up to his first fight, which he was like at least surviving with Gojo. Is like he taught him how to control spirit energy. He taught him like what these dom domains are. He like puts him in situations to thrive. You know, they're very scary situations where people might die, but he's understanding kind of the capabilities of them. Um, well, if I may, when, when can I butt in? Do you want to just keep going? Or do you uh, want to... I guess, I mean, I welcome to the Loop show where Luke gets to talk all the time over George and George never gets a word in. So uh, <laughs> while, while we continue, sorry for our commercial break. I feel like I would just like to address some of your points before you go on. So point the first, uh, that he's like a great talent. He, he has a great eye for talent. Like, okay, I will admit that he has a great eye for talent. He sees people with huge amounts of cursed energy and is like, wow, they could be a good <laughs> jujutsu sorcerer, which like, yeah, great job by him. But that's not being a teacher, right? That's being a scout. That's like saying, like, like he's an excellent scout. Seeing potential is part of being a teacher. How dare you? Yeah, but you're not recruiting people to your class. That's not the way that that works. Like, you're helping them find themselves. You're helping them lead them down the right path. It's the first step. No, he's less of a teacher. He's not growing these people. He's just finding talent. No, helping people right. find the right path, though, is part of teaching, right? If someone is, like, just absolute dog shit at something and they're trying to, like, you know, commit their whole life to it, a good teacher at some level has to be like, dog, this isn't for you. I'm sorry. That's, in my opinion, true. Sure. Yeah, sure. But that's, like, well, all he's doing is identifying talent, which isn't teaching. Point it's part of it, though. I'm saying, I'm saying it's part of it, for sure. Point the first goes to Luke. All right. Whoa. Okay. Uh, point, point the second. The fact that you say that he's like a good teacher. I, I don't think that he's actually teaching Megumi or Yuji or Yuda to grow as sorcerers. I think that basically he found the most talented people and then they happen to be awesome sorcerers. This is just scouting again. No, it's like, taught, oh, I drafted he, he Michael sure taught Yuji. He for sure taught Yuji. He, he taught Yuji a little bit, for sure. But, like, I would argue, again, that Toto taught him way more in, like, a day and a half than uh, Gojo taught him in, like, the, the time leading up to uh, the, the uh, school, like, cross-pollination thing, like the contest. You know, you know what I mean. The tournament arc that wasn't really a tournament arc. Um, <laughs> Not even at all a tournament arc. <laughs> yeah, but the like cross town rivalry. Yeah, yeah. No, I I know what you're saying. I know that people say it's a tournament arc. I'm just saying that those other people are wrong. Yes, we're not debating that now. But I I just you know he taught he taught some, but like I I look at somebody as a teacher as somebody who teaches and grows and fosters students. Like he just basically drafted Michael Jordan and Hakeem Olajuwon, and then they became great players. Like, he didn't teach them to be great players. They were just always going to be great players. No, but Yuji didn't know how to dri dribble a basketball. Let's, let's, you know, Yuji was not the greatest college sorcerer of all time before entering pro sorcery <laughs> and remaining, you know. Sure, but he could also throw a, throw a uh, whatever, the, not a javelin, but like a shot put, like past the world record, like a pitcher. So like, you know, he's like a pretty good athlete to start, you know. <laughs> he recognized good potential. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a great scout. Which I agree. So point the first and point the second. Go to Luke. George, go ahead. Give give the rest of your points for why he's better a better teacher than the ultimate teacher, Koro Sensei. Yeah, and so the final the final point against. So I mean, like he's taught lots of people very well. Uh, he's got this good eye for putting people on the right path and putting his own self on the line for it. Uh, and then point the final point the final is that. Uh, what is point the final? I kind of forgot it uh, because you were, you know, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, but point, point the final 
is that uh, will exist. I promise you that there is a final <laughs> point. Um, hold on, let me let me think for a second. <laughs> I've really I've really gotten derailed here, but it's Luke is actually chatting me. He's uh, a very apologetic for G. Oh, the final point. Thank you. We're back. Is that is that he doesn't have the same flaws and character flaws. I guess he does have some of the same character flaws as Koro Sensei in terms of like they're both very very arrogant. I mean, he doesn't turn bright red when he's feeling arrogant and smile like a clown balloon. But, you know, he's also, like, he, I think, has less of the flaws. And I don't I want to spoil all of Koro Sensei's flaws because, um, you know, that's a big part of Assassination Classroom, actually, is, like, finding out his flaws and the comedy surrounding them. But I think, like, you know, Koro Sensei has some of his weaknesses. Also, Koro Sensei, in some way, teaching people under the threat of death were, like, you know... Yuji is under the threat of death, but not by Gojo. <laughs> so, you know, I think, you know, <laughs> Koro-sensei is in some ways teaching with the stick and not the carrot. He's a very nice guy while doing it, but let's, you know, let's call a spade a spade, is that, you know, can you really be the best teacher on a list if you are threatening to murder the students and everyone they love during it? Well, I mean, he's not really though. Like they, they find out. He for he, sure is at the beginning. Yeah, <laughs> at the beginning he is. But also, like I will say, with with Gojo not looking out for his students at all, whereas Koro Sensei is like constantly saving his students and looking out for them uh, in these extraordinary circumstances, Gojo will just like take somebody who has no idea how to use spiritual energy, read Yuda, and then just put him. <laughs> literally into the belly of a curse <laughs> without any supervision and just be like if he dies he dies he and learns then, by doing i mean he he ha has gojo missed has anyone died under gojo supervision uh mm? don't know but mm? that, has anybody died in that show well yes <laughs> Yeah, I mean, only one character that we cared about really died in that show, right? Like, the people died. People died. You said, has anyone died? And the character answer, that we cared about, though, I mean. Uh, probably, right? There were characters. We cared. I think just that one. I think the guy that, you know, he had the, he had the jellyfish guy. Yeah, yeah, that guy died. Yeah, that was sad. The only one that he, that yeah, well, he wasn't taught by Gojo, though. So, you know, 1-0. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying, Gojo's just putting people in extremely dangerous situations with no supervision. And like because of their underlying talent, they swim. But they very well could have sank. He did not know that they were gonna sink. He so, had a good idea. I'm just saying you don't know that. You're you're you're, you're this is now hearsay, and a, a good lawyer uh would object to it. Well, I think that we both made some very good points, me more than you. Well, um, okay, okay. But we'll let the fan decide about, you know, who won. <laughs> exactly. All of those who have made it this far, thank you. Uh, you know, tweet, tweet at us or leave a review on who you thought won this and why you think it was George. Um, but yeah, thanks for joining us along for this ride. Uh, Luke, you know, any last words as we wrap this up? Any kind of broader thoughts from our top five? Yeah, I mean, I think that my top five was excellent. I thought yours was fun, too. Um, <laughs> yours was really cute, Luke, in its own way, I thought. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. That's kind of you to say. It was adorable. Like I, appreciate, I appreciate everybody who made it this far with my uh, my internet woes. But, uh, you know, that's what that's the charm of our podcast, right? <laughs> exactly. We, uh, we surpassed our limits, so to speak. Yeah. Well, so thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, George will play us out. Bum, 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 ba, doom, bum, 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 bum. Ah! <laughs>
I like that you start every time and have no idea where it's going. Uh, not even I don't even consider it. it <laughs> well, the journey is the destination, Luke.